Hello, hello, and welcome to today's episode of Saddest Night Out. My name is Roy, and I am the host of this daily podcast, which is all about music and creative culture in London. Today's episode is coming straight from the very, very hot smack bang in the centre of London. I went to the 100 Club, which is on Oxford Street, to hear Steve Lamack talking about his book, Going Deaf for a Living, and just his music broadcasting career in general. If you don't know who Steve Lamack is, that's Lamack spelt L-A-M-A-C-Q. His name is pretty much synonymous with British music broadcasting, particularly new music. At the moment, he DJs on BBC Radio 6 Music, which is somewhat unofficially the home of new and alternative music on BBC Radio. BBC has a lot of radio stations, and Six Music is where you're most likely to hear indie rock of of now and of yore. I really enjoyed the show. I've actually met Steve once before, like arguably twice before. The first time I went to a BBC Amplify event, which was an event, two days of panel, I think three days of panel talks, all about making it in the music industry. And he had a talk about receiving demos and he they invited people to bring their demos to this talk he played a bunch of them and just gave quick critiques about them from the stage the second time i met him i met him personally i went to see Starcrawler. i wish i could remember the venue but it was somewhere in north london and i happened to spot steve in the crowd i approached him as he was in the queue for the bar and i said hey what's your name he said steve like i said steve lamack i said yes and he said why are you in a band or something i said no no said, can I buy you a drink? He said, no thanks, I'm good. Then I said, can you buy me one? Because <laughs> I'm broke. But then we got to talking whilst he went outside to smoke. And it was an interesting conversation. When I approached him last night, yes, I did get to talk to Steve Lamack. He does feature on this episode. I said I'd met him before at the Starcrawler show. And he had, his eyes lit up like, oh yeah, I remember you. I hope he did. Maybe he was just being polite, I don't know. But he's always an interesting person to talk to. Anyway, back to last night. So I went to the 100 Club, which was a first for me. There was a bit of a a small queue when I arrived, and the queue grew larger behind me. And we took our seats, and on each seat was a small questionnaire. The first question was, do you remember the first single you bought? What was it, and why did you you like it? The second question was, what is your favourite gig? Who was it, when was it, and why is it your favourite? My answer to both of those questions, by the way, because you don't hear that in this episode. The first single I remember getting is First of the Month by Bone Thugs and Harmony. And I remember, particularly there was one instance, I think maybe I was eight years old or so. My sister was out with my dad and my mum went to the shops with my brother, so I was home alone. I took the toy box, turned it upside down, put that CD on the, the CD player, turned it all the way up and essentially had a three minute concert in the middle of my living room where I performed First of the Month by Bone Thugs and Harmony and my favourite gig that I wrote down was seeing the Soft Pack who were formerly known as the Muslims they played at the Cockpit in Leeds which is which is and was and will forever be, rest in peace one of the best live venues ever because you'd come out of Leeds train station you'd turn right, you'd go down the stairs and the backstage area of that venue was right there and I saw the members of the Soft Pack right there I think it was the first time I went to that venue while I was at university in Huddersfield and I couldn't believe it the band I came to see by myself was right there in front of me 
They let me hang out backstage with them. They said they would play Call It A Day, which was my favourite song by them. And they did play it, and they said, this one's for Roy. And then, because I'd had a few beers with the band and I was nervous, I climbed on stage with the band and said, Hi, I'm Roy, and I will be singing tonight's rendition of Call It A Day. At the time, I was too far gone to think any better, but now I remember. I looked at the band, the band looked at me. <laughs> Some looks were exchanged with security, but they decided, no, no, it's cool, let him do it. <laughs> so, that is my favourite gig memory. So, the people I speak to in today's episode. First, I, I sat front row and centre for the show. I took a small video of Steve Lamack coming back for the second half, but my phone just refused to focus, so it looks as if Steve Lamack has been blurred out from some sort of CCTV footage or something, but trust me, it is him. First people I speak to are Dan and Sam, who are sat directly behind me. Then I spoke to a guy named Lawrence, who let me borrow his pen to fill in the questionnaire. Then I speak to Paige and Tony, who are sat next to me on the front row, and are also in a band of their own rights called Voodoo Radio, and I put links to their band in the show notes for this episode. Then I recorded the part of the intro to the show, then I recorded him talking about receiving demos, particularly receiving Block Party's demo, because I'm on a bit of a Block Party kick lately. And then, at the end of the show, he advised us, you know, hang around, talk to some of the people who are also at the show, make some friends, this is a community, etc. So I did exactly that, and of all the people I th- thought I'd see, I never expected to see Nick Hodgson, formerly of the Kaiser Chiefs. So he also features on this episode. I asked him just very briefly about if he remembers getting his first break, so to speak, just the first time he was played on radio, the first time he felt like, oh, wow, I'm doing something. I'm, I don't know. He, he explains better than I do. Then I recorded... Steve Lamack, I said hi. He signed a poster for me for that event, and then he had to go for a smoke outside. So I went outside with him, and I recorded... A few people approaching him and saying, thank you very much, and would you sign this, etc. And then I recorded a quick conversation with him. So that is what you'll hear in this episode. Dan and Sam, and then Lawrence, and then Paige and Tony, and then the intro to Steve's show. Steve talking about Block Party, Nick Hodgson of Kaiser Chiefs, and then myself talking to Steve Lamack. I will see you at the end with some original music, as I am wont to do, but otherwise, enjoy these conversations. I am in the 100 Club for the first time ever, and I'm front row center, and sat behind me are two lovely people named... Dan. And? Sam. Have you guys ever been to this venue before? I have, yes. Who did you see here? Uh, I saw Maxime Park here, which was a great band, and um, I think I saw the Blue Tones here years ago. When was the Maxime Park gig? It was about eight years ago. Kind of more Uh, at the height of indie rock, because they were one of the, the prestige names of it. Yeah, exactly. I think they were launching their, sec- their second or third album, and it was one of those ones where you had to queue up uh, like in somewhere in Soho to get tickets. Yeah. Uh, down I went, and then along we came. It was great. Yeah, yeah. So what do you know of the 100 Club? Because it's one of those places I know the name, but I don't really know why. What do you know of its history or legacy? It's one of those iconic places. Sorry. It's one of those iconic I've not been before. I'm <laughs> oh, It's one of those iconic places because I think the Sex Pistols' first London gig was here. I think there's, it was a big thing, part of that kind of pub rock scene with Madness and in the 70s and 80s. Um, so, yeah, it's just full of history and nostalgia, really. And I hope it stays around for a long time. Yeah. Now, so you're here, like I am, for the Steve Lamack night. How did you hear about this night? I think I just read about it on in the newspaper, already in the Metro. He was he was interviewed and he was just talking about it in that. Have you, either of you read the book then? 
No. Oh, me neither, so I'm glad I don't feel alone. I just noticed he's given us a little bit of a questionnaire on all of our seats. The first question is, what was the first single you ever bought? Do you remember? Uh, mine was um, Give It Up by Casey and the Sunshine Band. A nice choice. <laughs> and yours? I think it was uh, Relax by Frankie Guest of Hollywood. I think which is not so good a choice. I don't know. I imagine that was a very popular choice. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. And the second question is, what has been your favourite gig? We were just talking about that. We were, we just, we were thinking, weren't we? Yeah, wondering that. It's difficult. There are too many to mention. It's a pink one, yeah. I think I would say my first gig. What was that? Which was um, Party of the Unstoppable Sex Machine in uh, 1991. Uh, the Leicester de Montfort Carter the Unstoppable Sex Machine and were you like bitten by the bug of live music ever since yeah I think yeah I've always been a bit of an indie kid at heart yeah so I think that's yeah, 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 yeah. Before then, I think, yeah. Uh, so you were into that kind of music before, but this was the first time you thought, let me go to a show. Exactly. Are there any bands you haven't seen, like bands that kind of existed in your lifetime that you haven't seen yet that you would love to see? I say that because the Strokes just started playing and they're one of my favourite bands I've never seen live. I used to go to Reading and Leeds Festival or Reading Festival every year. The year I stopped going is the year the Strokes headline and I've, I've just never seen them. And now I don't even know if I want to. I feel like I, would, I want to see them in their heyday, those first three albums. Now it's a bit like, eh. Yeah. So what about you? Any bands you still love to see? There are bands that don't exist anymore I'd have liked to have seen. Yeah. Uh, the Smiths, obviously, I would love to have seen. Um, but not only, I don't know, I try to go to see the bands I want to see, I think, these days. Yeah. I think that's what's great living in London, you kind of have that exposure to anything, because they all come to London, so it's, yeah. it's quite a good opportunity for them. So, uh, yeah. And none that come to mind? I would have loved to have seen Nirvana, but, you know, it's too late for that. A classic choice. It's a classic, yeah, it's a classic <laughs> I think the Smiths is a classic as well. Yeah. Yeah. Weirdly enough, you might have a better chance of seeing Nirvana than the Smiths with the way Morrissey's been these days. I can't imagine Marcy and Mark getting back together. But hey, we can dream, guys. We can dream. Thank you very much for your time, guys. Enjoy the rest of the night. Still at the front row of the Steve Lamack show at the 100 Club, and a very kind gentleman let me borrow his pen, so I thought I'd say hello to him. What's your name, sir? Lawrence. How long have you lived in London then? Uh, just since the new year, actually. What brought you to London? Uh, basically work. I used to be on the rigs and the platforms in the North Sea, but uh, that work dried up. The only work I could get was down here, so I moved down here. And are you quite a live music enthusiast? Uh, I, I used to be, uh, sort of pre-2015, but, uh, but when the work dried up, I didn't really have money, much money to go anywhere. So uh, and see many gigs. There, there tends to be lots in the central belt in Scotland, mainly in Glasgow, where I used to stay at that time. But uh, but now that I'm in London, I'm probably going to look at uh, coming to more and get get to get to grips with the geography and everything still. So yeah. <laughs> and the places, kind of, yeah. you have to learn the city, and then you can start going wild. Pretty <laughs> much, yes. But we've all been given a questionnaire at this uh, Steve Lamack show, which is why I borrowed the pen. So if you don't mind me asking, the first question is, what was the first single you ever bought? Okay. 
Uh, it's a bit of a lewd one. It was um, living next door to Alice, Smokey featuring Roy Chubby Brown. Alice? Who the hell uh, is Alice? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I think it was about 13 at the time. <laughs> I, I particularly remember the rather fruity B-side. What was the B-side? Uh, it was a more a more f- colourful language version with Roy Chubby Brown on the vocals. <laughs> you had interesting taste as a pet. <laughs> And uh, what has been your favourite gig? It was probably um, Iron. It was mid 2011 Iron Maiden at the Aberdeen Scottish Exhibition and Conference Centre. Uh, it it, it, basically, the, the only time they played that place, that was the city I grew up in, Aberdeen, was uh, about well, about 20 years earlier, a now defunct venue called the Capital Cinema. And getting to see them where I grew up was a lot of fun. Plus, they played Blood Brothers, which is possibly my favourite Iron Maiden song. Mm. <laughs> That sounds like quite a high note to yeah. end this episode on. Thank you very much for your time. Enjoy the show tonight. Still at the front row of the Steve Lamax show at the 100 Club. I'm here with two other members of the front row. What are your names? Ed Page. Tony. Have you guys ever been to this venue before? Yeah. Who have you seen here? Uh, we saw Glenn Matlock. Um, and he was um, playing with Slim Jim Phantom from uh, the Stray Cats. And he was stood up drumming and sing- like drumming and singing. And basically, I nicked the idea of drumming and singing at the same time from him. So that's why what I do in my band now. What's the name of your band? Uh, Voodoo Radio. Who is Tony? You in that band as well? So what do you guys do in the band then? So you? Um, I drum and sing. Uh-huh. And he. Yeah, I just do the guitar and the bass. That's it. It's two of us. It's two. Yeah. How's drumming and singing going for you? A nightmare, but it's all right. <laughs> seems to be doing the trick anyway. <laughs> well, we don't know how much time we have until Steve Lamatt comes out for this thing, but he gave us all questionnaires for this show. I wanted to ask you real quick, do you remember the first single you ever got? Yeah. What was it? <laughs> the Spice Girls, Wannabe. <laughs> Excellent choice. Excellent choice. And you, Tony? Well, I'm really old, so it was the Beatles, She Loves You. It's a close one, but I think Spice Girls just yeah. about pips the Beatles. <laughs> Only just though. <laughs> and do you have a favourite gig that you remember then? From here, or anywhere. Uh, well, I quite like a group called Love Hate, played in Manchester International. Who's that? Love Hate, to the call, from America. They were quite good. Uh, seen The Alarm, like The Alarm, lots sort of bands, like Poppy Punk, yeah. And what about you, Jay? The Page, sorry, sorry, sorry. What about you, Page? Um, probably the best gig I've been to recently. I went to see Reef at the Hammersmith Apollo. Uh-huh. They've just brought a new single out, Revelation. It's a pretty good song, so yeah, we quite enjoyed that one. And where can people find more of your music? Um, every, anywhere online, really. We're at Voodoo Radio Band. That's our, like, at sign, so, yeah. Perfect. Thank you very much for your time, guys. Thank Enjoy you. tonight's show. See you. very much uh, for coming out tonight for Going Deaf for a Living, the story of a music fan. It's, it's not just my story, as I think we'll find hopefully during the course of the evening. It's very much about the experiences we've shared as fans of music and how much we've given to pop music and what it's given to us back. How much we've been drawn into the madness that is being a, 
a fan of pop music. Woo! Uh, block Party, who uh, I think almost set the tone for a certain type of music in the, the noughties, that rediscovery of the edgy uh, post-punk guitar, bringing back an element of almost dance floor to it. Uh, there was something really scratchy and interesting and vibrant about it, which I don't think was around at the time. Uh, so I thought they were, they were really, uh, laid around for three weeks that demo before I eventually played it. It was handed to me by Kelly from Block Party as I came out of the toilets at the ICO the night Franz Ferdinand's headliner for the first time. And uh, he comes over and goes, will you listen to the demo? Yes, I will. Uh, but I thought, it was, I thought it was dead exciting. Uh, I'm still in the 100 Club at the Steve Lamax show. I was advised to hang around and talk to some people in the crowd, and I'm very glad I did, because I just bumped into Nick Hodgson, formerly of Kaiser Chiefs. Nick, how are you tonight? Yeah, I'm really good, yeah. Did you enjoy the show? I loved it. It was, it was heartwarming and life-affirming and, <laughs> and gig-affirming. It was really good. Everything it was advertised to be. It I was really hoping was. I could ask yeah, you. Yeah. There were a lot of stories in there about bands who had small and humble beginnings yeah. and went on to become something. And Steve Lamack has very much been a conduit for helping some yeah, yeah. bands achieve that. Do you remember the first time when you were making music, what you were doing went from like a small audience that you and your friends yeah. knew to maybe being played on the radio or something and suddenly a lot more people knowing who you were? Well, I remember uh, the first time, Ka like Kai's Chiefs, I think we were played on... Uh, I just can't remember who played us first on radio, but I remember Radio 2, Jonathan Ross played... Now, on Saturday morning, played the demo of Oh My God. On Saturday morning, Jonathan Ross. And I knew this was going to happen. And I was on a train going to London. And I had it on headphones. And so I'm listening to it all on my own in a crowded train. And I'm listening to it on headphones. And all I want to do is just tell everybody in this train, stop, what are you doing? Why are you not listening to this? Like, what's going on? And, like, wanting to shake everyone and go, look, I'm on the radio now. <laughs> And, uh, but I didn't do any of that. And it was weird because I thought that was going to be the day that everything changed. And it, and it was. <laughs> I wish it was. Never. No, just, I think what, what it proves is that you've got to, everything has to add up. Everything has to join in. So, like, one play on Saturday morning with Jonathan Ross is not everything, but it's part of the beginning. The life doesn't suddenly become champagne and caviar no. after one airplane. No. Was there a point? So that was the first time it, like, it got to a wider audience. Was there a so, point yeah, when yeah. things really did start to change for you? Or was it also gradual, yeah, just, you never really noticed? I'm, I'm going through the dark, through my mind here. Through the archives. <laughs> I'll put you on the spot a little bit. Okay, was there a moment where you felt like, okay, now we've kind of made it yeah. the way I imagine making it? I used it to have these little things in my mind that I wanted to have for, uh, gigs. Like, so I always wanted, I know touts, uh, like, you know, like everyone hates touts. Yeah. But when you're in a band and you see someone on the street going, I've got tickets to Kai's Chief, tickets to Kai's Chief, and I'm in Kai's Chief. I was like, oh, that is amazing. Yeah. Nick, thank you very much for your time. Enjoy the rest of your night. Thank you. And one day I saw you in the lift in Kennington and you were like the first famous person I'd ever seen in London and I like couldn't speak and I went bright red like I probably do now. And like we got off the lift and I was like, James, oh my God, did you see who that was? It was Stephen Mack. I've been listening to him for like the last 10 years. Like, he's like been the voice in my teenage years and oh my God, I just... I'm drastically not looking at my best. I can't even remember, but I just want to say like, when your voice, I just, it's been like the soundtrack to my kind of well, let's, my let's, musical journey. And let's hope we don't blow it. Don't, honestly, I just... Chop me to hold your cigarette where you write. <laughs> Oh, I can wait. I can wait for you. That's an accolade. Uh, there we are. There you go. What's um, 
It's Ali. Uh, spell. A L I. That's really sweet. Need to check. A L I. Short for Alison. <laughs> if you guys don't mind, I uh. I have a daily podcast called Saddest Night Out, where I go to gigs and I talk to the bands that play, the people who put them on, people who go to the gigs. I kind of just recorded your little story there. Would you mind if I put it on tomorrow's yeah, episode? Yeah, absolutely fine. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. Thank you very much. Also, as a doctor, I feel I should tell you that you, just, you know. You should give yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought I'd add that in there. Yeah, I am. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm halfway through a course of hypnotherapy. Very good. So. Doesn't that normally involve like cold turkey or? Yeah, normally. <laughs> when I went on tour, and everything went wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's just—it's been really nice hearing you chat, and honestly, your voice yeah, just—it's such a nice, reassuring sound. I hope it never leaves the airwaves. Yeah, but the only reason I got this voice is by smoking. Well, okay, well then, alright. I'll make an exception. Thank you so much for your thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. 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 I have talked with the same DJ said as well that he was very, very excited to move to London to try to chase a career, whatever, like, because I love music as well, go to the gigs, like, yeah. as you and, like, yeah, that's, that's all. Well, listen, thank you for getting the bag. <laughs> I have even your poster, like... Hey, snap! Brilliant. And I would like it signing as well, like, in the poster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I have a, I have a marker pen if you'd rather that. No, no. No, no, that's cool, that's cool. Are you on Twitter or anything? Reason being, I go, so you know if you heard me say earlier, I have a daily podcast where I go to gigs, talk to bands, talk to people who check out bands. Yeah. If you wouldn't mind me like linking you and talking to you later, yes. So yes, so I wanted to ask you a question, if that's all right yeah, for the podcast. On. Yeah. The title of your book, "Going Deaf for a Living." Yeah. There's a the literal meaning that you go to lots of gigs, high sound pressure volumes, damaging your hearing, for the line of duty, if you will. I have another idea to that phrase. There's a there's a notion that the music of your youth cements itself as your favourite... I'm sure I'm recording here, actually. Yes, I am. The music of your youth can cement itself as your favourite music. Yeah. And that can lead to the stereotype of the grumpy old man who says, kids today, they don't know real music back in my day, etc. How do you avoid falling into that trap? Or do you think the music of your youth is the best and everyone else is just kind of playing the second yeah, place? I don't know. I think... Um, see you later. See Thank you very shine. much for coming. See you at Shine. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Um, I think um, yeah I don't know I, I don't know what it is but I, 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 I always say this but I'm, I'm getting very close to now um, filling up all my shelves of CDs and records at home but I will still gleefully take something off the shelf and throw it away to find something new I'd still rather the gamble because I still believe there's stuff out there which will excite me in a different way to the music that 
I mean, it's all the stuff that I hold dear for my youth is brilliant, but it was part of my youth. And I think the thing which I, one of the points we're trying to make is that actually that carries on going. I understand the concept of life music, and you know that a lot of the music from my youth will stay with me, even Tiger Feet by Mud, the first thing I ever buy. Sometimes <laughs> bought, I would sometimes put it on, and it reminds me of stuff. But the snapshot, you don't stop taking photos of yourself when you get to 40. So why stop listening to records and ignoring the fact that those records are as good as Polaroids of a point in time? Why not carry on playing, getting new records and playing records and seeing bands that will soundtrack your life rather than constantly looking back to see you? And it, because... I think now we're in a unique age where it's easier than ever to listen to what's gone before. So even if you don't specifically yeah. listen yeah, to yeah, the bands yeah. of the past, yeah. there's probably many a band who sound a lot like the bands of the past. Yeah. How do you open your ears to say newer sounds, stuff that doesn't I sound think, like? I mean, you do. You become more demanding of the music that you listen to. That's really going to change your life because obviously you've heard so much before. You know, if you've been in, uh, into music for a year, it takes. It's like a graph. If, if you've listened to his music for a year it takes this much to excite you in two years it will be this and uh, a journalist once told me that I think it was in 1990 he'd been in the music industry for about 15 years and he only liked one record that year I'm not exactly <laughs> like that but you do demand things of music in a certain way but sometimes things can catch you unawares and it might be really simple it might be something like you've heard before but it won't uh, negate the emotion that you feel when you hear it. Sometimes just hearing something new is enough to make you excited. It's not enough to make you rave about it, but on a personal level, you'll like it. I did. I was really interested when you said you listen to some stuff and say that will be they'll be good in six months. They'll yeah. be good in a yeah. year. Because yeah, like I said a few times now, I have a daily podcast. I go to a lot of bands, see a lot of bands, and I had never thought of it that way. Like. I can be quick to dismiss and think, eh, they're yeah. nothing special, but... Yeah, some, some bands just take longer than others. I always say to bands, you know, give us a demo, you know, how long you've been together, and they'll say a year. I say, well, how much better do you think you're going to be in six months? Oh, miles better. Right, well, take that demo back and come back to me when you're miles better. <laughs> Patience is a, is a big thing, you know, I think. Anyway, I've got well, Thank you very much for your time. Enjoy the rest of your night. Thank you so much for coming. Take care, see you. And that was that. Thank you very much to everyone that spoke to me for the, for this episode. That was Dan and Sam, Lawrence, Paige and Tony of Voodoo Radio, Nick Hodgson, formerly of the Kaiser Chiefs. He was a drummer, by the way, if anyone that doesn't know, and Steve Lamack himself. It was a fantastic night. I had a very good time. And I will put the pictures I took of the people I spoke to on my Instagram page. You can find me online at saddestnightout, all one word. Thank you also to Jackie Earls and Indiscreet, who SoundCloud tells me are the newest profiles to follow me. And Jackie Earls in particular has gone on a bit of a liking spree of some of my episodes. So thank you very much for that, people. I will make more of an effort to find out what the, st the statistics are like for the iTunes episodes, because SoundCloud tells you who's listening on that, but... I personally find iTunes to be a more convenient method of listening to podcasts, particularly the fact that you can listen to them at double speed. So, But I have no way of knowing who's listening via that, how many, if anybody, etc. So I'll try and look into that. If anyone has any suggestions, feel free to email me, saddestnightout at gmail.com. Tonight I'm seeing Hatchie play at the social. 
I think it'll take a small miracle to get to talk to Hachi themselves. So hopefully I'll talk to some of the other people who are attending this gig, which I understand is, it's a free gig, but it's also sold out, so to speak, in that so many people have said, yes, they're coming, that you need to get there early to make sure you can actually get in. So, to play us out tonight, I will just, I haven't, this, before I came up with the Midnight series, this piece of music I'm going to play was already a bit of a, a throwaway. I did a throwaway. I didn't know what to do with it. I still don't, but I quite like playing it. So here's how it goes. And that's that. Thank you very much for listening. I will see you tomorrow. Take care.